Section twenty five of Mark Twain's Autobiography. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by John Greenman. Stevenson, Aldridge, etc. Florence, April nineteen o four. Dot dot dot. Note. Nothing is omitted from the manuscript here, whatever may have been the thought in the author's mind. But it was on a bench in Washington Square that I saw the most of Louis Stevenson. It was an outing that lasted an hour or more, and was very pleasant and sociable. I had come with him from his house, where I had been paying my respects to his family. His business in the square was to absorb the sunshine. He was most scantily furnished with flesh. His clothes seemed to fall into hollows, as if there might be nothing inside but the frame for a sculptor's statue. His long face and lank hair and dark complexion and musing and melancholy expression seemed to fit these details justly and harmoniously, and the altogether of it seemed especially planned to gather the rags of your observation and focalize them upon Stevenson's special distinction and commanding feature, his splendid eyes. They burned with a smoldering rich fire under the penthouse of his brows, and they made him beautiful. I said I thought he was right about the others, but mistaken as to Bret Hart. In substance, I said that Hart was good company, and a thin but pleasant talker, that he was always bright, but never brilliant, that in this matter he must not be classed with Thomas Bailey Aldridge, nor must any other man, ancient or modern, that Aldridge was always witty, always brilliant, if there was anybody present capable of striking his flint at the right angle, that Aldrich was as sure and prompt and unfailing as the red-hot iron on the blacksmith's anvil. You had only to hit it competently to make it deliver an explosion of sparks. I added, Aldrich has never had his peer for prompt and pithy and witty and humorous sayings. None has equaled him, certainly none has surpassed him in the felicity of phrasing with which he clothed these children of his fancy. Aldridge was always brilliant. He couldn't help it. He is a fire opal set round with rose diamonds. When he is not speaking, you know that his dainty fancies are twinkling and glimmering around in him. When he speaks, the diamonds flash. Yes, he was always brilliant. He will always be brilliant. He will be brilliant in hell. You will see. Stevenson, smiling a chuckly smile, I hope not. Well, you will, and he will dim even those ruddy fires and look like a blonde Venus backed against a pink sunset. 
there on that bench we struck out a new phrase one or the other of us i don't remember which submerged renown variations were discussed submerged fame submerged reputation and so on and a choice was made submerged renown was elected i believe this important matter rose out of an incident which had been happening to stevenson in albany while in a bookshop or bookstall there he had noticed a long rank of small books cheaply but neatly gotten up and bearing such titles as davis's selected speeches davis's selected poetry davis's this and davis's that and davis's the other thing compilations every one of them each with a brief compact intelligent and useful introductory chapter by this same davis whose first name i have forgotten stevenson had begun the matter with this question can you name the american author whose fame and acceptance stretch widest and furthest in the states i thought i could but it did not seem to me that it would be modest to speak out in the circumstances so i diffidently said nothing stevenson noticed and said save your delicacy for another time you are not the one for a shilling you can't name the american author of widest note and popularity in the states but i can then he went on and told about that albany incident he had inquired of the shopman who is this davis the answer was an author whose books have to have freight trains to carry them not baskets apparently you have not heard of him stevenson said no this was the first time the man said nobody has heard of davis you may ask all around and you will see you never see his name mentioned in print not even in advertisements these things are of no use to davis not any more than they are to the wind and the sea you never see one of davis's books floating on top of the united states but put on your diving armor and get yourself lowered away down and down and down till you strike the dense region the sunless region of eternal drudgery and starvation wages there you will find them by the million the man that gets that market his fortune is made his bread and butter are safe for those people will never go back on him an author may have a reputation which is confined to the surface and lose it and become pitied then despised then forgotten entirely forgotten the frequent steps in a surface reputation a surface reputation however great is always mortal and always killable if you go at it right with pins and needles and quiet slow poison not with the club and the tomahawk but it is a different matter with the submerged reputation 
down in the deep water, once a favorite there, always a favorite, once beloved, always beloved, once respected, always respected, honored, and believed in. For what the reviewer says never finds its way down into those placid deeps, nor the newspaper sneers, nor any breath of the winds of slander blowing above. Down there they never hear of these things. Their idol may be painted clay up there at the surface, and fade and waste and crumble and blow away there being much weather there but down below he is gold and adamant and indestructible end of section twenty five stevenson aldrich etc florence april nineteen o four